When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's everything you might have missed in The Last of Us, Episode 6. Welcome back to Nerdist News. I'm Hector Navarro, and today we're heading to an alternate version of 2023 where nobody dares order mushrooms on their pizza. That's right, the sixth episode of The Last of Us came out this weekend, and just like The Last of Us game from Naughty Dog, this show endeavors to find new reasons to make us cry each and every week. This was me, ready? This was me. After the very packed previous episode where Joel and Ellie made their way through some mayhem in Kansas City, this episode picks up with them continuing their journey west, searching for both the Fireflies and Joel's brother, Tommy. And that's all I'm going to say about that before I give you a spoiler warning because we're about to break down all the events and references to the game in episode 6 of The Last of Us, titled Kin Right Now. So, if you want to remain unspoiled, then go off to try out your best Will Livingston puns. Damn. You're no Will Livingston. Yeah, yeah, but who is? Because we weren't traumatized enough by what happened last week, this episode opens with Henry's death. Again. But from there, we skip three months to snowy Wyoming. This is similar to how after the death of the brothers in the game, there is also a time skip to later in the fall. However, this time it is definitely a skip to December, as we'll later see in Jackson, Wyoming, where we see that it's Christmas time. After following a hunter coming back to his cabin, we find that Joel and Ellie are maybe the worst home invaders of all time. Who's this little psycho? Because that's okay, their victims, played by the iconic Graham Greene and Elaine Miles, are also the worst at being held at gunpoint of all time. You made him soup? Yeah, I did. It's cold out. Graham Greene was nominated for an Oscar in the early 90s for his best supporting acting work in Dances with Wolves. Plus, he's been in a ton of stuff like Die Hard with a Vengeance and The Green Mile. And he's apparently going to show up in the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe show, Echo. Very excited. You may know Elaine Miles from Northern Exposure, and we, as an audience, deserve a spinoff of these two characters called The Two of Us, and we would watch it for 20 seasons. <laughs> Back to the show, Joel and Ellie learn where they are exactly in Wyoming and get some bad news. Cody, Laramie, and Wind River Reservation are all swarming with infected. And to make things worse, there are bad people waiting for them past a river. All in all, it looks like Joel's going to have a tough time finding Tommy and the Fireflies. There are Firefly people? <laughs> Joel and Ellie continue on their way anyway, after Joel seemingly has a panic or anxiety attack. It's clear how close their bond has become in the past three months. 
Ellie learning to whistle also shows up in the game, and her interest in hunting rabbits is a reference to her later skills in that department. They spend the night camping in a cave by the River of Death. Papacito Pedro even gives her a sip of his alcohol. Yep. So gross. They talk about their dreams of the future after their missions are completed. Joel hasn't given a future without fighting much thought, but he'd like to start a sheep ranch. Ellie, like most of us when we were younger, wants to become an astronaut. She's read everything about them, and her favorite is Sally Ride, the first American woman in space. Best astronaut name ever. Now, a lot of the references in this episode are actually to The Last of Us Part Two, and we're going to try to endeavor to do our best to point them out without giving too much away about the second game. Suffice it to say that Ellie's love of space is explored in the second game. She's also worried that she won't be able to contribute to the cure and reveals to Joel how she tried to help Sam. Joel says if Marlene said a cure was possible, then it's possible. Joel then takes both watches so that Ellie can sleep. But when he wakes up in the morning, he sees that Ellie has taken the second watch. She's growing fast, thanks to Joel's teachings. What can I say, man? I'm a natural. They cross a bridge over the river of death that puts them out in the open. They've really crossed the Rubicon now, or whatever river that was supposed to be. It's scary. Don't start. They come across a hydroelectric dam, and Ellie tries her best pun. Damn. You're no Will Livingston. Yeah, yeah, but who is? In the game, Joel reunites with Tommy as the dam is being repaired, but that's already been taken care of in the show. Damn. When they come across a second river, Ellie has a scary thought. What if this is the river of death? That's when they're surrounded by gunmen on horseback. Joel is terrified when Ellie gets tested via sniffer dog, but they both come out clean, thankfully, and Ellie gets to pet the doggy. <laughs> and yes, in The Last of Us game, you can also pet the dog, Buckley, that you meet at that power plant. It's unknown if the dog we see in the show is supposed to be the same doggo in the game, Buckley. However, in the show, when Joel says he's looking for his brother, this piques one of the writer's interests, who we later learn is named Maria, played by Rutina Wesley, who you may know from the show True Blood. They get taken to a walled Jackson, Wyoming, which seems pretty nice despite the bad reputation these people had. Players only get to really explore the town in the second game, but it was cool to see it here and give Joel a view of what life can be like. Joel is overjoyed to find his brother Tommy living there as well and shares a happy reunion with Ellie looking on. Tommy is wearing a classic jean jacket that looks exactly like the clothing Tommy wears in the video game. They're treated to a meal. Y'all want some biscuits? And although Ellie loves the food, she doesn't like the harsh welcome they received. I thought we was having pancakes. Tommy reveals that the town tries to keep a bad reputation to avoid getting bullied and that he's married to Maria. Oh, sh**. Congrats. You probably should have opened with that second part. Joel, say congrats. Also, interesting to note here the look that Maria gives Joel when she says that most of the time a bad reputation doesn't mean a person is bad. On top of all of that, this exchange is especially poignant after last week's episode when Henry said that he was a bad person because he did bad things. The themes of the show. As a side note, many fans are pointing out the possibility that the girl who stares at Ellie might be Dina, a character of importance in part two. Jackson, in its current form, was settled 10 years earlier by building off of a gated community. They even have sheep for Joel. Hey, Joel, check it. <laughs> Maria is democratically elected, and the town is a true commune sharing everything. So, uh, communism. Ah, 
Nah, I didn't like that. It is that, literally. Ellie even gets to meet Shimmer, her horse from part two. Even Gabriel Luna, the actor who plays Tommy, was nerding out over Shimmer's appearance in the show. Tommy and Joel share a real drink in a real bar, the Tipsy Bison from part two, and there are some great lines of dialogue lifted from the game here when Tommy comments on how much Joel has aged. Joel lies about Tess and Ellie and generally his whole mission. However, he learns where to go next, the University of Eastern Colorado, about a week's ride south. But the journey between Wyoming and Colorado is dangerous. Joel is kind of mad that Tommy didn't check in, leaving Joel to worry. Tommy then reveals that Maria is pregnant and they have a bit of an argument. And Joel says he'll be out of Tommy's luxurious hair in the morning. Joel has another panic attack and sees someone who reminds him of his daughter, Sarah and of the life he could have had if she had survived and maybe had a kid of her own. Meanwhile, Ellie has some bonding time with Maria, who cuts her hair and gifts her a heavy purple, excuse me, eggplant coat. She also is gifted a diva cup, which luckily enough for survivors of the cordyceps pandemic is an item that came out in 2003, just barely making the cutoff. So this is not an anachronism. The hoodie that Ellie wears is also straight from the video game. In Maria's house, Ellie learns about Sarah after bringing up the memorial that Maria and Tommy have on their mantle. Also on the chalkboard is Kevin, who was Maria's son, who died in 2003, a few days after the outbreak, at only three years old. Sarah was just 14. Ellie also gets a warning that Joel is a dangerous man who has done bad things in his past, but Ellie gets a bit defensive about that. Oh, like how he used to kill people? I know about that. Maria even takes Ellie to something she's probably not experienced before, the movies, where they watch 1977's The Goodbye Girl, which ironically is what Joel is trying to say to Ellie. And Tommy and Joel have a heart to heart. Joel reveals the truth and that he's terrified that he won't be able to protect Ellie and begs Tommy to take over. And Tommy can't tell anyone. If Tommy does this, Joel will never ask anything of his brother again. Tommy relents. He's going to leave with Ellie at dawn. But Ellie ditched the movies and she actually overheard just enough of the conversation between Joel and Tommy to feel abandoned. Everyone she cared for has either died or left her other than Joel. Joel is pretty cold back to her in a scene lifted directly from the game. Actors Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey felt a lot of pressure knowing this scene was a favorite among players, but they knocked it out of the park. And as game creator Neil Druckmann said, they made it their own. The next morning, Tommy picks Ellie up, but they find Joel in the stables. He never left. <laughs> He's had a change of heart and wants to give Ellie the choice of who to travel with. She chooses Joel, of course. I still think you'd be better off with Tommy. Let's go. Okay. They make their way southeast towards I-25. Joel teaches Ellie how to shoot. She's pulling right, which means she's flinching. I'm not flinching. Mm -hmm. Joel and Ellie discuss the previous world's philosophy, how beloved contractors were, and the rules of American football, which is also something that Joel tries to explain to Ellie in the game. Then they find the university right off the interstate in five days rather than seven. Ellie even gets to see monkeys for the first time. Are those monkeys? Which happens in the game, along with the Joel wanted to be a singer conversation. Come on then, I'm not gonna laugh. You're already laughing. But this being the last of us, things do not go well from here. The biomedical lab that housed the Firefly base is abandoned. They packed up and left for Salt Lake City. They investigate further into the building and find more monkeys. Well, at least it ain't clickers. Well said, Joel. But there is danger when they see some marauders. They try to make a run for it. Joel is able to kill one of them by choking them out, exactly like the silent kill animation in the game. 
but Joel gets injured via baseball bat shard to the gut. I hate it when that happens. Happens all the time. In the game, it's a little more dramatic when Joel falls from the second story and is impaled on some rebar, but either way, Papacito Pedro is in pain. They escape on horseback, but they're not out of the proverbial woods yet because the episode ends with Joel falling unconscious off the horse as a desperate Ellie admits she can't go on without him. And of course, we get another 80s cover, this time of Depeche Mode's Never Let Me Down Again, as sung by showrunner Craig Mazin's daughter, Jessie, which adds another layer to the father-daughter dynamics of the series. This is also the song from the end of the first episode. Remember, 80s means danger. Oh, no. <laughs> Looks like we're going to have to wait a minute to find out Joel's fate as the teaser for the next episode looks to be a flashback to Ellie's history before meeting Marlene and the Fireflies that is also covered in The Last of Us Games downloadable content, Left Behind. But in the meantime, what do you folks think? What was your favorite reference in episode six? What's your favorite Will Livingston pun? Did you know diarrhea is hereditary? It runs in your genes. Let us know in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching. And for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, stay tuned to Nerdist.com.